You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou, and today, as we do every Tuesday morning, bright and early, we are diving into my weekly power rankings, going through all 32 teams, ranking them from worst to first, sharing my thoughts and opinions on them all in this past weekend's game. So make sure you comment down below, give me your power rankings, what are your thoughts on my power rankings, and for those of you that disagree with what I have to say, by all means, fire away and let me know just how dumb I am. But diving in with the first four teams at the very bottom of the NFL, there's a decent amount of changing going on towards the bottom back and like back half, I would say, of the NFL. But the bottom four teams at 32, we're looking at the Carolina Panthers at 31, the Houston Texans at number 30, the Arizona Cardinals jumping up a couple of spots here. And then the Denver Broncos settling in at number 29. So starting with the Panthers now two weeks in, and I've got to say, I am not really impressed with what I am seeing from them offensively. The defense has been a bright spot for the team, but ultimately Bryce Young is clearly struggling. Offensive line is not great. There's just not a lot. Like I could get into a lot of things, but there's just not a lot of great things going on right now through two career starts. Bryce Young currently has the lowest career yards per attempt average at 4.2 in NFL history. That is a wild number to think about. You couple that with the loss of Shaq Thompson during the game as well against the Saints, and I'm really not liking the trend that the Panthers are moving in right now. It feels like they're kind of sliding their way into potentially being the front runner for that number one pick as Arizona actually put up a decent fight the last couple of weeks. But I have them at 32. And then right ahead of them at 31, those Houston Texans. Um, Again, another team, rookie quarterback, a lot of young players, new head coach as well. A lot of similarities, honestly, with the Carolina Panthers. Not super competitive and honestly able to get themselves back into a game against the Indianapolis Colts, mainly because Anthony Richardson got knocked out with a concussion. If it wasn't for that, it feels like the Colts really run away with that game. And they even still did a really good job offensively against the Texans, minus Anthony Richardson. Just, again, not a lot to like so far. There are a few bright spots here and there, but C.J. Stroud... Aside from his very large passing yardage numbers, there's just not a ton to really like about Houston right now. At number 30, the Arizona Cardinals. uh, Epic collapse aside, they at least put up a solid fight and effort against the New York Giants this past week, and I would say a better fight and effort than we've seen out of both the Houston Texans and Carolina Panthers, so I decided to slide them up a couple of spots right now. There's a good chance they find their way back towards the bottom of this list here, but right now... I've been a little bit surprised with the competitive nature that we've seen from Arizona to this point. Yes, they are losing, but they're at least losing in fashion. So I will give them some credit for that. And then the Denver Broncos, another team I would say that is familiar with losing in fashion right now. Losing last week in a tight one to the Las Vegas Raiders. And then again, nearly pulling off of a potential game-tying situation. Hail Mary at the end of the game, breaking my heart and soul by failing the two-point conversion and getting that pick wrong for that game. Um, Russell Wilson probably the best game that he's had so far as a Denver I would actually say not even probably it's most definitely the best game he's had as a Denver Bronco so far and there were even some things that you could pick at that you could be unhappy with but defensively I don't know if the defense is finally starting to run out of steam it's been a championship caliber unit for the last few years now but 
what we saw from the defense this past week against the commanders is question is making me question either whether the Broncos defense is maybe finally starting to fall off a little bit and regress back to the mean, or maybe the Washington commanders led by Sam Howell are just that legit. Don't know the answer. One of those two things. And I think we'll find out in a few weeks down the road here, but uh, not thrilled with the Denver Broncos at this point. Next four teams, we're looking at the Chicago Bears at number 28, the Las Vegas Raiders at number 27, the Jets are sitting at 26, and then the Patriots are sitting at number 25. So the Chicago Bears, 0-2 now, another big collapse, losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it seems like a lot of people are beginning to become very unhappy with Justin Fields. And I will come out and say this, I was a big supporter of Justin Fields coming into this season, and I do still think that there is maybe a chance for him down the road but I'm starting to question not only just his decision making and how long he takes to get rid of the football and the amount of sacks he's taken because of that time but also just some of the coaching decisions by Matt Eberflus and the way this offense has looked I was a big fan of Eberflus when he left Indianapolis he did a great job with the defense over there and maybe even now you look at what's going on in Chicago and maybe it was just the talent they had on defense in Indy I don't really know but I feel like if you're a Chicago fan right now you're probably questioning a lot of things as am I so I have them sitting at 28. Raiders at 27. If you have been following my channel, you will know I am not a big supporter of Josh McDaniels. I don't really think he is cut out for being a head coach. And this game kind of showed you where this team is right now in comparison to the actual contenders of the NFL. I know the Raiders came away with a tight one last week, but it wasn't really impressive by any means. And then they got absolutely walloped by the Bills this past weekend, where again, not a lot really went well. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look too great. Offensive line didn't look too great. There was just really not a lot to take away from that game in terms of positivity for the Raiders. Hence why I have them sitting so low, but uh, I am genuinely concerned about where the Raiders are heading right now. And it feels like if things don't work out with a team that's a couple of spots above them we might even be seeing another new quarterback next year but we'll get to that in a second Jets at number 26 sitting at one and one now getting absolutely trounced by the Dallas Cowboys the Zach Wilson led offense looks about as good as it did last year and that's not really saying much I you know I, I really hate this situation for Zach Wilson I feel like I can't stress that enough because this was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers team and it was supposed to be an opportunity for him to learn and now he's being thrust back into the same situation he was last year with a lot of skill talent around him basically a playoff contending team minus a quarterback and he has to be the QB to fill those shoes and I just don't quite know if if he's ready for that and with the situation unfolding the way it is if he will ever end up being ready for that I think he needed time to sit from the get-go so the fact that he had that opportunity and then had it snatched away from him really sucks for his potential development and what he could have been but right now I really think the Jets need to consider bringing a veteran in to compete with him I know they want to stick with him he's been there he knows at least he knows what's going on there but it is not translating on the field and the Jets have got to figure something out and then at number 25, those New England Patriots now falling to 0-2 at home and in general as far as their record is concerned. Uh, I've got to say, they've been competitive. They've been in the fight both of these last two weeks, but it just feels like offensively they just do not have it. And they don't really wake up until the second half where it's too little too late and they're storming back. And it's not the Tom Brady-led Patriots where, you know, they're getting the ball in the fourth quarter, down a touchdown, and you feel like, oh, my God, here comes Brady. He's going you know, to finish it off. They don't have any skill talent. And Mac Jones isn't there as a quarterback yet to really lead the team to those, you know, tight game winning drives or victories, whatever it may be. Uh, the defense looks phenomenal, though. They were able to slow down that Miami Dolphins offense that was incredible, forcing them to run the football a lot more. But overall, just a team that is 
0-2, and I kind of thought maybe had a chance to win that game against the Dolphins. I did pick the Dolphins to win, but if they could just figure it out offensively, the defense looks really, really good, and they've done an excellent job their first two weeks. The offense just has to hold up their end of the bargain. Maybe it's still some growing pains with Bill O'Brien leading the way there, and I do think down the road this offense does get better, but they are not quite there yet, and just what I've seen from the offense so far is less than I was kind of expecting. And I wasn't expecting a lot, but this is even less than what I was expecting, and that's worrying me. Next group of four at number 24, we have the Indianapolis Colts. At number 23, we're looking at the New York Giants. At number 22, the Cincinnati Bengals. And then at 21, we're looking at the Cleveland Browns. So at 24, Indianapolis Colts, like I mentioned before, losing Anthony Richardson during that game against the Houston Texans definitely hurt dealing with a concussion apparently, or he's at least in the protocol. Hopefully all is well and he's ready to go for next week because I'm starting to buy in more on Anthony Richardson. I will say this. I thought Indianapolis, with the coaching situation and the players that they had over there all together on offense, I felt Indianapolis was the place for Anthony Richardson to go for him to have the most success, especially immediately. And so far, it's looked really, really good. Shane Steichen has done an excellent job building an offense around his strengths, and he's doing a really good job handling everything as well. I think a lot more, or a lot better than some people expected from him, considering how raw of a talent he was and how limited his snap count was as a starter in college. But overall, they've looked great. Defense has looked really good as well. I'm really excited to see where the Colts go down the road. As long as Anthony Richardson can protect himself and stay healthy, and if Jonathan Taylor and the Colts can make amends, and when he's ready to come off the pup list he's able to play as well that would make this offense even more threatening on an even wilder level and I, I hope things can get worked out I know there's already rumors spinning regarding the Cleveland Browns maybe looking at Jonathan Taylor and that Jonathan Taylor is more than interested in going to Cleveland if the opportunity presents itself but as a Colts fan let's just slow down for a second and try to work things out with Jonathan Taylor before we just send him off packing at number 23, New York Giants getting a massive comeback victory here, but I will say this. There was a lot of things that had to fall their way, and they did. I was impressed with what they did in the second half. I did not expect the comeback there. I picked them to win that game, and I was sitting, you know, sulking in my chair watching and just thinking, you know, how is this what the New York Giants are this year? They were supposed to at least compete for a potential shot at the playoffs again, and the second half team looked a lot better. A little bit worried about Saquon Barkley and the ankle injury or leg injury he's dealing with right now. I don't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head, but worried about what the offense is going to look like minus Saquon Barkley because Daniel Jones has not looked like a $40 million a year quarterback at this point. Offensive line has definitely been struggling as well. The defense has been good in the right moments, just not completely good, I guess, through two out of eight quarters now I mean they at least figured it out in the second half against Arizona and slowed them down if we can get second half against Arizona type defense I think the Giants could be okay I mean they're one and one but a team that probably should be 0-2 uh hopefully they can sort of figure things out but I mean it's not like the defense was downright terrible against Dallas it was more so the offense and special teams that were terrible against Dallas and the defense was just kind of a victim of that so I don't know what you would really call this team at one and one right now, whether it's a fraud one and one team or not, but I do think coming back and winning a game like this meant a lot to the team and it should at least help them trend back in the right direction after a really brutal first six quarters of the NFL season. 
At 22, we have the Cincinnati Bengals coming off of a loss, a one that I kind of expected them to come off of because I expected the offense to still be a little bit clunky as Joe Burrow worked his way back in. And then he goes and aggravates his calf injury. The ending of the game just did not look good for Cincinnati. And now I'm really concerned that if he's going to be missing, Cincinnati probably going to start trending in the wrong direction. I think Jake Browning is the backup quarterback for them, and he's going to be the guy taking the snaps. I could be making that up, but I think that's the case. Uh, I don't really know where Denver lies if they don't have Joe Burrow under center right now, because offensively, they just looked very clunky. Defensively, not terrible, not great. They're like somewhere in the middle at this very moment. But overall, real concern regarding Joe Burrow. They're 0-2 right now. And if he's not playing, I'm really worried about the Bengals' outlook for the next few weeks. And then at 21, the Cleveland Browns throwing away a potential opportunity to win the game. I know there was that defensive pass interference that people were shouting about late in the game in the uh, on that fourth down play, but overall, this was a game that losing Nick Chubb really killed you and I really 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 honestly believe that if Nick Chubb doesn't go down in that game, the Browns probably run away with this victory here because Pittsburgh did not look great offensively. The defense in Cleveland, don't get me wrong, fantastic, great group. Minus Nick Chubb now, Deshaun Watson did not play inspiring football, in my opinion. I am just, if, you, if you've watched my videos now, you know, not high on Deshaun Watson. And through two weeks of this season, com coupled with what he did last year in Cleveland, I just don't know if he has what it takes. He was airmailing passes and just, you know, the fumble, the pick six. There is a lot to dislike about Watson's game right now. He just looks very discombobulated is probably the best word that I can put onto it. Uh, and it, this defense is going to anchor this team now. It's really going to be up to the defense. And maybe Ford having a big game. Maybe he can step in and fill Chubb's shoes. I don't know, but this is a team that, again, devastating injury where your offense was already kind of ugh, not really sure, and now you're losing Chubb. Offensive line didn't look great. You let up like six sacks. It's just a lot to not be excited about with Cleveland at this moment. I I'm hoping for the best, but this was like a disaster in terms of just like worst case scenario losing in this fashion and losing Nick Chubb in this game. I really thought the Browns could steal this one, but they ultimately didn't get it done. At number 20, Pittsburgh Steelers rank right above them. At number 19, we're looking at the Minnesota Vikings. At number 18, I have the LA Rams. And at number 17, I have the LA Chargers. So Pittsburgh Steelers, defense, showed up this week, looked phenomenal. TJ Watt is an absolute monster. I don't really think I need to go any further than that. He is a defensive player of the year candidate, and we are two weeks into the season at this point. Uh, as for the offense, very hit or miss is kind of where I, I look at the Steelers right now. Obviously, last week was not great. This week was like a somewhat step in the right direction, but it felt like for every step or two you were taking, you were also taking a step or two back where there was like some good plays. George Pickens got hit for a monster reception for a touchdown. It just felt like you were getting, again, one step or two step forward and then that same number of steps back. It wasn't any regression, wasn't really true progression, but like if we can eliminate the turnovers and make some quicker decisions and if the offensive line could just protect Pickett a little bit more, Cleveland clearly gave them some issues up front. This team could compete. The defense looked a lot better this week. And granted, Cleveland's not the offensive horsepowered team that like the 49ers are. But if the, if the offensive line can just get a little bit better and we can get some better play calling from Matt Canada, this is a team that could at least compete for a playoff spot in the AFC. At least compete. 
At 19, the Minnesota Vikings going to 0-2, falling again this week in another tight contest. You know, they're 0-2, but I would argue that they're potentially the best 0-2 team in the NFL right now. Uh, although I do have the Chargers right above them, and they're also an 0-2 team. But this is more so about my belief in the talent on the roster as, as far as any... I, Maybe I should take that back then. Maybe I don't believe in them as the best. They're like the second best 0-2 team, I guess. I feel like I just talked myself into that and then out of it. But I will say that they are among the best of the 0-2 teams. A team that does have some talent but is clearly struggling to protect the football. They are a handful of fumbles away from being a 2-0 team. So they could very potentially be the best 0-2 team if they could just protect the football. But clearly they're struggling to do that. And until they can stop turning the ball over, I don't really know if I can buy into them right now. They're, they're the complete opposite of what they were last year. In those really tight games, they were 11-0. And now this year, in those same tight situations, you're 0-2 to start the season. At number 18, the Rams, very competitive through two weeks at this point. Obviously winning last week in a route against the Seattle Seahawks that not a lot of people saw coming, I would say. I don't really think anyone expected the game to turn out like that. And then you have a very competitive contest where you're at least fighting to the finish line with the San Francisco 49ers. I've got to say, with Aaron Donald leading the defense and Matthew Stafford leading the offense, with Sean McVay at the helm, this team at least has a shot to compete every single week. I feel like a lot of people forgot, even myself included, and I'm a big Matthew Stafford guy, just how good of a quarterback he is when he has the opportunity to play in a clean pocket. So... Obviously, they're making the best of the situation right now in terms of receivers with no Cooper Cup, but the defense has looked solid enough, and on top of that, the offense, once they get Cooper Cup back, could be really threatening. Puka Nakua has been an absolute monster in the last couple of weeks in relief for Cooper Cup, so... Let's just keep an eye on them somewhere in the middle of the road. Once Cooper Cup gets back, I think we'll get a real idea of what these Rams truly are, and I can actually start to buy in if they start winning games or if they continue to win until he gets back. And then at 17, the Chargers. Another team, uber-talented roster, and at this point, and I know some Chargers fans are saying this, and I'd be curious to hear if you guys agree with this, I really think it's time to move on from Brandon Staley. I feel like he is kind of wasting Justin Herbert's youth right now, and honestly, this entire roster. He was a defensive mastermind coming in to LAC, and now at this point, the defense just cannot seem to finish when they need them to. The offense is not great as well at certain points, but like you have... On paper, a ridiculously talented team from top to bottom on like both sides of the roster. I hate watching the Chargers and I love the Chargers. That's the crazy thing. Like I love the roster and I love the entire, and I know Austin Eckler wasn't there before you jump in on that. I know that he wasn't there either. One of my favorite running backs in the NFL, someone that I talk all of the time about being completely underappreciated, but I hate watching the Chargers because they do not play to the level of their talent. And it's at this point, it's got to be Braden Staley. It's got to be. That's that's where I'm at right now. It's Braden Staley and the coaching staff. You have way too much talent for this team to be where they are right now. Hence why I would argue, again, one of the top, if not the best, 0-2 team in the NFL right now. The next four, we're looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sitting at number 16. A big surprise for me. Did not expect to be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 16. At 15, we're looking at the Washington Commanders, another 2-0 team. Did not expect to be talking about them here. Saints looking solid on offense, still working through some kinks. Defensively looking really good. I believe they're now, I wish I, I, wish I wrote the stat down, but I think it's like 11 straight games of 20 points or less allowed. That defense is phenomenal. Dennis Allen knows what he's doing over there. Great group. And then the Packers, I have them sitting at number 13. Now, 
let's talk about these 2-0 teams, and then I'll get to why I have the Packers above three 2-0 teams. Starting with Tampa Bay at number 16, while they are where they are 2-0, you beat a Bears team that is clearly out of its way right now. There's a lot going on over there in Chicago, and they have got to sort themselves out. And then you beat a Minnesota Vikings team that, again, if they were like a fumble or two less, probably end up beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't want to take anything away from Tampa Bay, but I don't know if I can truly buy in as they are a 2-0 team. Defensively, you do have a great unit. Offensively, you do have a great unit as well. I don't 100% know if I'm sold on Baker Mayfield, and I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. Uh, I just need to see some more work from them. But right now, I'm really liking the trend that they're in. And, I mean, you can only play who's on your schedule. I get that. But I don't want to call them a fraudulent 2-0 team. But this is just kind of like a shaky 2-0 team for me. Like, where if I was to put them up against the other 2-0 teams or anyone else that's just, like, looking solid right now so far in the season, even if they're at 1-1, not quite sure they always come out victorious in those games. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong for that, but I will say Tampa Bay, by all means, shock team. Really excited to see where they go. Commanders, I'm kind of in the same boat as well. They are also 2-0, and I was not expecting the comeback that they made against Denver. Do not get me wrong, but Sam Howell, he might be the guy, and he's someone that I really liked coming out of UNC, and for him to be able to come in now 3-0 in his starts, or in his career starts at this point, and he has looked nails, especially this past week against a Denver defense that was supposed to be still really, really good with a really strong secondary. Um, If they continue to do what they're doing here, this is a team with a strong defensive front, one of, if arguably one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. They are just littered with first-round picks over there. Secondary's looking really good as well. Emmanuel Forbes, absolute stud he's looking fantastic for them there's a lot to like about this Washington team if this offense can continue to I would say overproduce what they're doing right now and Sam Howell is that guy this is a team that I could also see pushing their way up the boards right now and actually being a legit contender in the NFC Saints at 14 Again, offensively, they've been solid. There's definitely been some bumps in the road. Defensively, though, fantastic group right now. I just think it's going to take a little bit more time for this offense to really sort themselves out. Once they get Alvin Kamara back, I think we're going to really see this offense start to flourish. Also, losing Damian Williams early in the game hurt them a little bit as well. But this is a team that you can see it. They're slowly kind of grinding their way through and I think by the time we get to like weeks four, five, six is where they're going to really start to hit their stride once Alvin Kamara gets back in the fold as well. And we're going to be talking about the Saints again, another team that could realistically be competing. I didn't never had any idea in like the slightest that I'd be talking about three 2-0 teams in the NFC South, but here we are. And then at number 13, the Green Bay Packers. I know that they just blew a game that they had against the Atlanta Falcons. You know, you're one and one. How do I have them ahead of, you know, three, two and O teams right now? I just, I, I, I truly, truly believe that the Packers roster overall from top to bottom d- minus like the quarterback spot. And I know that that's a really big spot, but Jordan love looked solid in this game. Did miss some throws. Don't get me wrong, but defensively, from top to bottom, that roster is really, really good on defense. Offensively, again, there's a ton of upside. 
A lot of guys that I really like there, they're just very young and inexperienced. And I feel like as the season progresses, that unit's going to get better. The defense is going to hold strong. They have a really good group of guys at running back to help ease this process that we're kind of going through with Green Bay. And, you know, that loss to Atlanta could have very well be very well been a victory over Atlanta had there not been some issues going through the game. So I'm giving this team the benefit of the doubt, and I could be wrong on this one, but I'm going to keep them here for now. But my faith was shaken a little bit this past week, just a little bit. But I still I still believe in the Packers, at least in this moment, especially in an NFC North that is clearly dealing with some stuff that people weren't really expecting at this point. At number 12, Tennessee Titans flying up the board here. Hats off to them for their big victory this week. At number 11, the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team I did not expect to have in the top 16, let alone in the top 12. Uh, at number 10, we have the Detroit Lions. And then at number 9, the Seattle Seahawks. At number 12, the Tennessee Titans. Flying up the board here. Big victory against the Chargers this past week in overtime. I've I've said this plenty of times. And again, I'm a Colts fan. I feel like I always have to reiterate this when I'm saying this. But... I have so much respect for Mike Vrabel and the job that he does with that team over there. No matter the injuries, no matter the situation, he coaches that team to the very end of games. And yes, he seems to suck when it comes to week one. For whatever the reason is, his track record is not good week one, but a big bounce back game against a team that a lot of people liked. I even picked against the Titans. Big upset win, though. If we get that version of the Titans where they can play cleaner football, they can rely on Derrick Henry to pound the rock, this is a team that can also compete, especially in the AFC South right now. Jaguars are 1-1, and and they just got their asses whooped against the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs. So there is some things to like about Tennessee right now. I don't think that they're all the way there yet, and I'm still a little bit shaken after Ryan Tannehill's Week 1 start, but I like their roster altogether. Love their head coach. And I really think if they can just protect the football, this is a team that can compete. Falcons at 11, same deal. Really good group of guys. Arthur Smith clearly has all the guys bought in over there. That is one thing that I don't think gets talked a lot about when it comes to Arthur Smith. But I really think he has everyone on that roster bought into what they are doing over there and has gotten everyone to really buy into Desmond Ritter as well, who I don't think gets enough credit for being so mature and being a leader despite how young he is. But you have, again, another team littered with young talent, really good offensive line. Bijan Robinson, you know, blowing up. He's looked fantastic to this point. Fantastic. Defensively, this is where the surprise has really come into play. And I, I cannot stress it enough. This Atlanta Falcons defense looks nothing like what we've seen from the last few years. This is a defense that can help carry a younger offense that's trying to sort itself out with a really young quarterback. NFC South is wide open right now. 2-0 between three teams. The Panthers look like they might be heading straight to the cellar, but too early to say that, but things do not look good for them. But NFC South wide open right now. You got three teams that are 2-0. Everyone's kind of duking it out for that top spot. It's going to be an interesting division to watch, and I have a really strong belief in what the Falcons are doing right now. And I think Desmond Ritter, as he continues to get more comfortable in this offense, leading the way as the day one starter, is going to surprise some people as he continues to get better and better and better along the way with a litany of skill talent to work with. At number 10, the Detroit Lions. Now, Lions fans, you all yelled at me for not having you hire last week, and I dropped you down one spot for your loss this week. Don't get me wrong. I love Dan Campbell. I am beyond excited to see the Lions competing right now. But at this very moment, I know they beat the Chiefs last week. 
There was a lot that went into that victory, and we talked about it last week, and a lot of people disagreed with me, but this is where I feel like the Lions are right now. They're competing for a playoff spot. The defense, while they did add some pieces, is going to have some growing pains, and I think we saw that this past week. Offensively, still able to light it up as needed, but there are some things you need to keep in mind. It is a young and rebuilt defense over there in Detroit. You are going to have games like this past week, and it's just going to be a part of the process. I don't think that the NFC North is going to just be an easy cakewalk win. There's definitely some issues between the Vikings and the uh, Bears right now, but I think the Vikings could definitely bounce back. I think that the Packers are going to be a little bit more competitive than some people thought, and I don't think the NFC North is necessarily just for the Lions to take. It's going to be a fight over there in the North. Just keep that in mind. I like what the Lions are doing. I'm a big fan of what the Lions are doing. I like them at 10 right now. At number nine, Seattle Seahawks. I dropped them down really hard for their loss last week. And then after thinking about it and sitting on it some more, I might have dropped them just a little bit too much. And maybe it's because I didn't, you know, I wasn't expecting as much out of the Rams to this point. And I feel like I've kind of corrected their positioning, at least to this point right now. But you could argue maybe they belong a little bit lower. But then there's like some other teams that I would say would probably need to be lower too. But I'm fine with them at number nine for this point. They didn't look great last week, but offensively finally came back to life and I feel like I was really really concerned we were going to get like some crazy drop-off production from Geno Smith but this game against the Lions it felt like a real bounce back game you know DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett doing their thing Uh, defensively there's clearly some issues still that they have to sort through but at this point right now I This feels like a very similar to last year's Seahawks team where they're probably going to be competing for a playoff spot. And it's really going to boil down to can this defense tighten up and start to slow down the offenses they're playing against. Because if they can do that, they can be a really threatening team in the NFC. It's just a matter of that defense tightening up. And, you know, they came came up big when it was needed. Seahawks obviously got the big victory in overtime. But I I am a little bit concerned regarding their defense. But right now, in terms of talent and where they are, I like them at nine. Do I think they win themselves into a playoff spot down the road? Not too sure. Plenty of time to go, but I'm comfortable, I guess is the word. Comfortable. I'm not super confident, but I'm comfortable having them at number nine. Then, moving into the top eight, where things get real real contentious, at number eight, I have the Buffalo Bills. After getting knocked out of the top eight teams, they're back in the top eight here. At number seven, we're looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Baltimore Ravens, still sitting at number six, have not moved them, not once so far this season. And the Miami Dolphins also stay put at number five. So the Buffalo Bills, you come off a big victory against a clearly lesser Raiders team. Hats off to them. I definitely think that this was a good bounce back game for them and one that you really needed to have and you needed to dominate the way you did. And I like the aggressiveness that they had clearly trying to make a point that, you know, they were not the team that we saw last week. However, there were some fourth down situations where I really just wish you settled for field goals. I, I, I Again, I, I like that they were aggressive, but let's just hope that that was them trying to prove a point and not something that spills over into, like, the rest of the season. I I like the aggressiveness that some teams seem to be adopting these days, but there is a point where you need to make sure that you're 
not being just too overly aggressive. But overall, I like where the Bills are at at this moment. I think, again, great bounce back game defensively. They completely just, you know, swallowed up the Raiders from start to finish in that game. There was never a moment where I really thought the Raiders had any shot of winning that game. So credit to the Buffalo Bills for what they did, especially late in the game where they really started to run away with things. Jaguars at number seven, taking an absolute beating on offense against that Kansas City Chiefs defense. There were some fourth, fourth, fourth down situations. Again, this is another team that had that same issue. Rather than taking the three points in a couple of situations where you're in the red zone, you're being aggressive. I know you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, and the, the worry is, you know, if you just settle for a field goal, they're going to go down and score a touchdown, and it puts you in a bad spot. You have to trust in your defense. I understand wanting to be aggressive and believing in your offense and the skill talent you have and the, you know, getting in Calvin Ridley and wanting to give Trevor Lawrence the opportunity to be that guy. But Trevor Lawrence was clearly struggling with some throws here or there that he just overshot. And the defense was, you know, creating a lot of pressure. They had to bench Jawan Taylor at one point in the game. I mean, that's how crazy things got with the offensive line. I still really believe in this team, and I still firmly believe that the AFC South is the Jaguars to lose. That loss does have me a little bit concerned, but I'm also coming out of that game wondering, is the Chiefs defense just really that damn good, especially now that Chris Jones is back in the fold? Because they already looked good without him last week, slowing down the Lions, and then this week, with Chris Jones in there, it didn't even look like he like he missed a beat, like he was like he was there the whole time. And that, to me, is crazy. At number six, the Ravens getting themselves a victory, much-needed victory, one that I was really hoping for. I also picked, and they managed to finish off with their game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, better game, I would say, this week. Even though the score was tighter, offensively, I felt like they looked a little bit better, less discombobulated. I feel like as this is an offense that's going through a lot of changes, and I feel like this is another one of those teams that you just kind of have to believe in the talent they have and understand that there's a new system in place here, a lot of new players playing on offense. Injuries are already starting to rattle them a little bit as well. They lost J.K. Dobbins in week one. This will be a team that it's there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period, but even just seeing those early flashes of what this offense looks like com coupled with what is a ferocious looking defense and a very young defense at that very young and rejuvenated considering you had a lot of older guys, especially on the defensive front last year. This is a much younger, faster, very aggressive defense. And I'm really excited to see this team unfold. I don't even think we've seen like close to what this peak Ravens team is going to look like. And the fact that they're sitting at two and zero right now, as their offense still kind of figures themselves out, says a lot about the coaching that's going on over there, the players buying in, and the talent level that this team currently has. And then at number five, the Miami Dolphins, weathering the storm in New England. Um, I think going up against Bill Belichick, you're always going to have your best players get taken away or at least limited to some extent. And we saw that with Bill Belichick and his defense being able to slow down the passing attack. But you got put in a situation where you were forced to run the ball a lot more and... Mike McDaniel being the offensive mastermind that was the running game guy over in San Francisco before coming into Miami did an excellent job in deploying his running backs, using his offensive line to be bullies up front and clear the way and ultimately find themselves a victory. Tua did an excellent job with the, you know, with the, with the circumstances of the defense playing as well as they were. I, I don't really think you can take much away from Tua. He, he was very good. One interception was really the only thing you, and like, 
Other than that, though, I mean, I thought he played a really good game. Tua is going to find himself in the conversation, I, I would definitely argue, for an MVP consideration this year. He's just so accurate. He throws such a pretty football. I, 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 I'm somebody that also didn't really even buy into Tua until I saw what he was doing last year before he went down with his injury. And as long as he's healthy, this is a guy who I think could find himself not only in the MVP conversation, but like top five quarterback conversation at this point. Because while he is healthy and playing, this offense looks really, really good because he can make all the throws and he's a he just throws a very catchable ball. It's very pretty. The defense did an excellent job shutting down as well. Uh, really impressed with what they were able to do because, you know, the Patriots last week, you know, they're coming off of a 300-yard game through the air with three touchdowns from Mac Jones, completely just grinding the Patriots offense to a screeching halt up until late in the game until things got really crazy with that you know, the fourth down lateral thing that happened towards the end of the game, you know, whether you think that that play should have stood or not is a conversation for another day. I don't think it should because of based off where it was, but regardless hats off to the dolphins. Great game by them. They're my number five team and they are well on their way to competing in the AFC this year, as long as Tua stays healthy. And then finally, my top four teams, something that has gotten a lot of conversation the last couple of weeks. And I know some people are going to be happy with this. Some people might not be happy with this, but there are some changes up here. And then finally, the top four teams, one that has had a ton of conversation on my channel the last couple of weeks. I know some people not too thrilled with what my top four has looked like the last couple of weeks, but there have been some changes. Starting at number four, we are looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. At number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. At number two, we're looking at the San Francisco 49ers. And then at number one, I have the Dallas Cowboys sitting at the very top. Three NFC teams rounding out the top three spots of the top four. So the Kansas City Chiefs sitting at number four, big bounce back game for them. Defensively, shutting things down. Like I mentioned before when I was talking about the Jaguars, Chris Jones coming in like he didn't even miss a beat this is a team that brought in so many rookies last year gave them valuable starting time all the way through their super bowl run and the defense now is really coming together i ranked the kansas city chiefs defense as the number one defense in this division coming into this season and caught so much flack for it and through two weeks of play right now the chiefs look like the real deal and look like that top end defense that I was expecting them to be. I'm not surprised at this by any means offensively, maybe not the best first couple of weeks, but enough to get the job done this week. And if they didn't have five drops last week, I think you have a different outcome and you're looking at a two and zero start for the Kansas city chiefs. Other than that, I don't really have too much to complain about them. A more complete game this week than we saw last week, but overall, Minus a, a hiccup or two and then just being one and one, this is a team that's going to be right in the Super Bowl conversation from this week all the way to the end. At number three, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've got to say, they're 2-0, but I am a little bit concerned with the offense right now. Defense is also dealing with a ton of injuries, so that's something to also keep an eye on. But it's very clear that the offense is a little bit clunky at the moment. Brian Johnson, obviously the play caller now, it's clear that losing Shane Steichen is it's it's unsettled the offense a little bit. It doesn't feel as fluid. It doesn't feel as natural. DeAndre Swift though did look phenomenal this past week. Twenty eight carries, hundred and seventy five yards, and a tutty. That was very fun to watch. But I do think that. We're going to see some growing pains with this offense. This is another one of those teams where I think the offense will start to look better as the season goes on. But the fact that, again, the Eagles 2-0 are where they are. I know the defense is also going to kind of be a concern now with the amount of injuries they have. But 
for them to be 2-0 and in the situation they're in, they've played two tight games, and you can say what you want about being a Justin Jefferson fumble away from potentially losing their game against the Vikings. Regardless, if fans or butts, whatever, that's not the case. That's not what happened. He fumbled, and the Eagles won. They're 2-0, and and to be in that situation where you're kind of still feeling out your offense, hats off to them. I still like them. I think they're a loaded roster with a, just a litany of talent all over the football field, offense, defense, special teams, you name it. Really great team altogether. As long as they can keep up what they're doing and weather the storm of the injuries they have right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they're as good as anybody else in the NFL. At number two, San Francisco 49ers coming off of a dominating victory last week. A tighter game, but a division rival and a Rams team that seems to be surprising a lot of people with how competitive they are. Uh, But right now, I mean, just talent-wise and what you are getting from the San Francisco 49ers at this point, you have got to believe in Brock Purdy as a guy. I I can't believe that Mr. Irrelevant from just a couple of years ago is the starting quarterback and is as playing as well as he does. Because when you watch Brock Purdy lead this offense, it does not feel like he is a second-year quarterback that is only playing at, what, like a total of, he has like 13 career starts at this point, 14 career starts. I don't know what the exact number is off the top of my head. But for this offense to look the way it does with him at quarterback, and he's excelling at an unbelievable level right now for being so early on in his career, backed up by a vaunting defense, as talented as they are, you can't really go wrong with picking the 49ers as a Super Bowl favorite right now. They're just an unbelievable team. And they're only bested right now by a team that I would say is just as talented on offense. But the defense of the Dallas Cowboys through two weeks now has allowed literally what feels like peanuts to both offenses that they've faced. I'm trying my best not to buy into the Cowboys hype. But I will say this. With the way that defense looks and the talent that they have on offense. And last week I said, I want to see a little bit more from Dak Prescott. And I believe we saw some of that from Dak Prescott this week. I was happy with the game he played. If this defense and this offense can stay in sync, play clean football offensively, and just let Micah Parsons and company completely rip offenses to shreds, this is a Super Bowl favorite team right now. The Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, are the team to beat in the NFC East. I cannot wait to see them clash with teams like the 49ers and the Eagles to settle the score and really figure out who the best in the NFC is. But right now, just based off what we've seen, two weeks of just complete decimating of their opponents, got to give it to the Dallas Cowboys. Hats off to them. But those are my power rankings for week number three of the NFL. If you made it to the end of the video, I greatly appreciate it. Be sure to comment your picks, or excuse me, your power rankings in the comment section down below. But that is it for me. I appreciate you all. I'll see you all next time. Have a good one.